welcome to the How the Deal Was Done podcast. This show will feature fast-paced interviews with top sellers. We will hear the hard-earned stories, the challenges, and the learnings they picked up from their biggest and most memorable deals. We hope this podcast will give you a bit of inspiration and understanding for how big deals get done, deals that positively impact your customers, your company, and level up your career as a seller. Let's get started. On this episode of How the Deal Was Done, really looking forward to speaking with Barrett King. Barrett is the host of the Outcomes Podcast, where partnerships and SaaS meet. Uh, Barrett is a longtime partnership leader, and how I know Barrett is a few years back when I was at Protegrity. Uh, Barrett was our partner manager, and he helped get our team onto Sales Hub in the early days of HubSpot Sales Hub, and, and it's really been great to see the, the platform grow since then. So welcome, Barrett, and uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Should we talk about that as the hardest deal I've ever worked? We could we could certainly kick off with that if you want. There was I know there was a lot of emails and a lot of uh, feed <laughs> dragging, but but you 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 got us you got us closed and uh, and you helped us see the light of the the HubSpot platform. It's my pleasure. I'm I'm glad to be in the show. I'm looking forward to our chat. It'll be fun. Great. Well, uh, yeah, Barrett, would love to hear a bit about your background, and then we'll jump into the deal. Yeah, I'll give you the quick version. I mean, I, I have a design degree from college many many moons ago. Um, and I graduated at a time when the, you know, frankly, the industry was was struggling. It was 2008. The economy was really in a bad place. So I ended up doing a variety of different things. I was in restaurants. I managed and opened um, a bunch of top restaurants in Boston, which was a really incredible time in my career. I worked in early stage tech. Uh, I worked for a Google-backed company at one point. And in the last couple of years, a um, couple being eight, I spent at HubSpot, actually, obviously, where we met. And so you know, my career has been interesting in that sense that I think a lot about it very specifically like that Lego mat when we were kids. So when you graduate college, you get this green Lego mat that everyone has. It's sort of a standard piece of, of uh, you know, um, ownership in that sense. And then from there, you add your Legos of your experience and the things that you do in the moments in your career. I had a bunch of Legos scattered on my mat. And uh, uh, throughout my HubSpot time, really those eight years, I started to figure out how to stack those Legos in a more meaningful way. And what it led me to was partnerships. Everything that I was doing I ran sales training for partnerships. I was an enterprise partner manager. I worked on our corporate team, uh, bringing partnerships to the upmarket space and ultimately um, was a part of a go-to-market role where I got to work with some brilliant folks helping us to, to figure out partnerships at scale. So most of my career has been uh, stacking those Lego bricks in a meaningful way and figuring out what that meant for me. And ultimately, it's been partnerships over the long term. Nice. Putting, putting the pieces together and, and yeah. stacking them high. That's the idea. And doing it with intent, right? So it's easy to stack your bricks uh, haphazardly and then your tower or your castle or whatever you're building is not as stable. I've worked hard to reposition those bricks and put the like colors and like shapes together. And as we all know, if we're picturing Legos right now, they're not all perfect, but ultimately it gives me stability by being intentional around it. Yeah, that's, that's great. So, uh, transitioning into the deal, uh, could you set that up for us? Yeah. So this is years ago, uh, I was working on what inevitably became a really valuable partner for HubSpot. And so my role at the time was acquisition and support, if you will. So the, the actual job itself was acquire a book of partners that you can then go help scale and grow across the ecosystem and build their business, you know, using our, our platform at HubSpot at the time. And this was just one of those dream opportunities. Um, they had bounced off the website and a BDR had reached out and said, you know, are you interested? And they said, no, uh, we all know how that goes. Um, but I saw it, obviously, and was super interested just because their services that it stood at the time were digital focused, which was innovative. This is earlier in that kind of revolution of inbound and demand gen and such. Um, they were larger, which at the time was, again, a really big deal. They had something like 75 employees, which felt very big. 
And you know, the CEO had tech experience, which I knew was a really interesting opportunity because I could position to her the way that we were thinking differently about tools versus just services. And so it was a whole lot of no's to get to the first yes. And what I learned early on was that you know, a lot of the positioning had been change who you are and specifically become what we want you to be. And that was no fault of HubSpot, such as what was appropriate for most of the partners they were trying to acquire. Forget this thing you've done before, become an inbound agency. I went to this person after recognizing that that was not going to work and recognizing they had been around inbound marketing enough and heard the phrase and simply said, I really love the work that you're doing. I think I can help you add more value to every customer, increase that revenue and value per customer in that sense, um, deliver more ROI-centric services and retain your customers better. The three things that I had figured out she cared about, that persona had cared about. Um, and it was a great way to start that conversation. This podcast is sponsored by OrgChart Hub, helping HubSpot customers get the big deals done since 2018. You can find more about them in the show notes or visit orgcharthub.com slash podcast. So you mentioned there was a bunch of uh, no's to to get it over the line. Uh, yeah, talk about some of the, the challenges or, or where things went off the rails. Yeah, I think ultimately it was making the assumption that every one of these, at the time, personas that we were trying to approach, every you know business owner and leader and folks in these agencies and SIs that we were engaging, wanted the same thing. They wanted this revolutionary tool that was going to help them do inbound marketing. And I think there's something very, uh, in some ways, I think... Um, perhaps selfish around that. And I think a lot of tech companies are doing that. You're seeing it even in my own show, I talk about it and I, I see it from my peers where you work under the assumption that the value you think you provide is exactly what they need to hear and therefore they should pay attention. So the, the swing and miss moments were consistently that assumptive behavior. And it was before I inherited the account. It was before I took over the opportunity. When they came back in this moment where they bounced off the site, you know, BDR reached out and got a go away moment. I knew that I had to do something different and so I think those swing and misses were the learning opportunity for me. I read back through the email, outreach and whatnot. Um, I talked to some of the folks who had tried to engage this person. And every one of them said, oh, yeah, she's not interested in, in becoming a partner. Oh, yeah, she has no interest in changing her business. And I kept thinking about that word change and, and thinking, I got to stop with that approach. It's not going to help. Like, I don't need her to change. In fact, I don't want her to change. She's doing a great job. She's got great clients and she's got a great fit opportunity here. I just want to be additive. And so the learning for me and the recognition that I had was that I thought, you know, I should say more specifically coming in, I was told that HubSpot and Inbound were this like revolutionary platform that someone should change their business to, as I have described. What I came to the conclusion of through these observations and conversations was that really what had been built was a business model in a box that would allow that partner, inevitable, you know, the long-term partner to do the things I described, increase revenue and value, deliver more ROI-centric services and retain their customer. And I came up with that positioning that I used in my outreach to her and was very human. Like to sell as human was always something I appreciated, perhaps because, you know, I was a, in my head still a restaurant GM. Like I, I had two years of tech experience before joining HubSpot, really three, I guess, at that point. Um, but it was, you know, in a business that was still selling to restaurants. So what I saw, you know, not work in that example, uh, certainly prior to this deal was that, again, that like one size fits all methodology. And so I really just looked at this and said, we've tried one size fits all, it doesn't work. And you know, we've tried the, you know, you will do what we tell you to do. That doesn't work. Let me do something different. And let's actually listen to what, you know, her persona is looking for, which is additive value to their customer. And let me try that instead. So the, the customer centricity from the, the hospitality days and. as part of it. Yeah, and, for and sure. And, and I think in, in part two, like let's talk over you, but it was, it was that, but it was also the fact that 
I was young in my career and a little bit naive perhaps and and ignored the signs of like, you know, the do's and don'ts and just said, I, I need to go and listen to what she's saying, not what I'm being told to do on my end. So perhaps it was ego a little bit, right? We're all human, a little ego driven. And like, I'm going to prove my peers wrong who said she'll never engage. I'm going to try and talk to her the way she wants to be discussed. Like, let's be real. Let's be human. And, and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, having that that curiosity to, uh, to to figure it out and sure, we in sales, we're all competitive. So the, the, the prior knows isn't going to uh, necessarily dictate the future. So exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What was the, the outcome? She signed on, uh, it took a little bit of time, but our evaluation was different. It wasn't the, here's the software and here's how it ups your customers. And let me show you a demo, which is how a lot of the partners were joining at the time. It was let's build a business case. And inevitably actually to HubSpot's credit, you know, folks were starting to do that more often than not anyways. And I perhaps was just not aware. I hadn't asked that question yet, but you know, what we did is we focused on who were the customers that she had right now, that the clients she was working with that would be a fit for it. And then talked about how she could actually use the platform and implement the services that she was doing in part, but perhaps more additive and how she could do it more cost effective. And I really focused on how it would benefit both her customer and her business and made it always less about me because it wasn't. I, I knew if I could work with this partner and grow her business, she would sell more software. Therefore, I would do my job well. And so I, I looked at the long tail opportunity and I was transparent about that. You know, I get compensated when you sell HubSpot, but I want to make sure first and foremost, you build a successful business practice around that. And so we really focused that, I think it was like a maybe eight or 10 call cadence versus like the traditional four or five, almost two X sales process um, around, excuse me, around that opportunity. And, you know, at the end, she said, this is a no brainer for me and signed the dotted line. Great. Um, I could tell Barrett how you got into partnerships. So you're, you're focused on the win-win of, uh, of yeah. both the, the agency as well as their end customers. It was the hardest part about being at the time and, and in part still my, my career now, like indirect sales was that I always wanted to empathize more, I think, with the customer than we were meant to in traditional sales and traditional tech sales, right? Especially B2B SaaS. I think ultimately it is about partnerships in terms of opportunity. I, you know, I'm a big fan of the, that space. So I'm a big proponent of the belief that this is the decade of partnerships. We're going to see more and more companies implement this partnership methodology because one plus one is three. And you build a value triangle around that, the customer wins, and therefore you and your partner win as well. It's a, a no-brainer. That's great. I want to shift uh, Barrett from one podcaster to another. And for anyone who's enjoyed this episode so far, I definitely recommend checking out Barrett's podcast. Barrett, how did uh, how did your podcast get started? I, I super simple. I wanted to learn from people smarter than me. I, I took on a role uh, with with huge impact. Yeah, I think a lot of us do, right? I mean, I. Yeah. I went to the internet looking for answers and didn't find them and was asking folks in my network through Partnership Leaders, which is a group I'm a member of, and through LinkedIn and just saying, how do I answer these questions? And the more conversations I had with really smart folks, I had maybe five or six in the beginning, I realized, well, someone else is going to look for the same question, the same answer. I should facilitate that. And I like having great conversations. And so, you know, in that case, it was sort of the leap and jump, if you will, the skip and hop to get to, why don't I build a show around this and make it about helping others? It's tactical, it's straightforward. It's what I would want. And yeah. so it's sort of in my own image. I, if I could help myself or my future self, it made sense. Okay. And last question, this is yeah. going from a, not, not, not us as podcasters right now, but as listeners, how do you, um, how do you take action and get better from, from the learnings? I think in general, you know, the, the reflection is really important. I had this, um, this mentor and leader and friend, her name was Kara Potter. Years ago, she used to run sales training with me and she used to always say, how high are you flying? What's your perspective right now? And I, I really doubled down on that. 
the way to action on advice and listening opportunities and the experiences we have is to be very intentional around the lens that we take, the perspective that we approach it from. For me, and I'll make this very quick, but I think it's really ultimately about how high you are flying. Are you in the weeds at 500 feet being very tactical, actionable, and you can only see you know, 100 feet down the road in front of you? Or is your head picked up? Are you flying at 30,000 feet and you're looking at the entire landscape? Or perhaps you're somewhere in between and it gives you a little bit of tactical, but also perspective. I think that's the best way to do so. And the way that you can action that is by reflecting consistently. It's still on my calendar to this day. Once a week, I have a um, fly from 30,000 feet on my calendar. It's like, look back at the week, look at the body of work, you know, be intentional. That's how we grow better because we reflect on it. That's, that's great. Um, so to wrap up, Eric, how can folks get in touch? LinkedIn. I, I'm a LinkedIn guy for sure. Yeah, I don't... Um, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. I sort of shied away from those things. I have a YouTube channel, but ultimately, if you want to reach out, shoot me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to spend 30 minutes with anybody. Um, I have a framework I use three and 30 for those of you listening, three topics in 30 minutes. And if we can do that, everyone seems to get value and I enjoy meeting people. So don't be shy. Please reach out. That is great. And uh, LinkedIn is is the the primary distribution that we're focused on with the podcast. So hopefully we'll, we'll have a nice uh, connection there. Thanks, Barrett. Really appreciate you coming on. And thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks for having me. I'm Andrew Capel. Thank you for tuning in to How the Deal Was Done podcast. Don't miss out on more inspiring stories from top sellers. Subscribe now to stay updated and motivated on your journey in sales.